This is Endscreen Noise. My name is Colin Dixon, founder and chief analyst at Endscreen Media, and today is November 4th, 2021. I wanted to share with you some a little bit of research I've been doing for a white paper that's uh, going to be coming out on actually on live event streaming. Uh, so you'll definitely want to check back with Endscreen Media uh, at the website to see when that comes out. But I wanted to share with you ahead of that release a little bit of research I've been doing. One of the things I looked at there was I looked at how many households in the US will not have pay television, traditional pay TV, cable, satellite, telco TV uh, by 2024. And it's pretty interesting, even fairly conservative forecast that the actual decline in cable, satellite and telco will slow a little over that period. Um, Even with that assumption, in 2023, the number of homes without pay television will equal about the number of homes with it. And by 2024, by my calculations, there'll be about 8 million more homes that don't have cable, satellite and telco than do have it. And I think that that has some pretty interesting uh, ramifications on, uh, on the industry for the distribution of television content. And that's what I want to talk to you about this afternoon. And as I say, you can check to the website, the Endscreen Media website. On the website, I have actually individual pieces on these topics that I'm going to, these three topics that I'm going to talk about in just a second. So you can come and check there and get much more detail. Just search on that topic title. So the first thing that I think is going to get really negatively impacted by this is sports, particularly premium sports. Now, most premium sports in the U.S. is still solidly behind uh, broadcast and cable distribution of their sports to consumers. Uh, And looking at that data, that there are going to be more homes without cable than with it by 2024, that could be a mistake, particularly when you look at the NFL, which has signed a 10-year deal to 2033 that fundamentally relies on broadcast and cable to reach customers. Now, that deal, it does have an out. There's a seven-year out in the NFL deal that Roger Goodall negotiated. And basically that says if the NFL wants, it can renegotiate that deal at seven years. But in seven years, that's 2029. And I think by then, there may be as little as 40 million homes in the US that actually have cable, satellite and telco. It may even be less than that. Uh, And bearing in mind that that's how the NFL games are coming into most people's homes, that's probably not going to cut it. So I have a feeling that this deal that that the NFL has negotiated is not going to go the 10 years. It may, they may not even want it to go the full seven years. Now there are some outs, there are some streaming parts to this. Of course, Amazon has got exclusive streaming rights to Thursday Night Football. And uh, Disney, which has stepped back into NFL football with this 10-year agreement for ABC, uh, has got the, uh, got the rights now to actually rebroadcast inside of ESPN Plus all of the games that it broadcasts on its, uh, on its TV channels. So there is some NFL content still available that they can, that people can find. But the problem is it's very spotty. 
so for example, CBS actually has their local affiliates available inside of Paramount Plus, or some of them, not all of them. And some of them, I think you'll be able to watch some of the NFL games. But what about on Fox? What about everywhere else? It's, this is very spotty. It's very difficult for consumers. And I think this is very bad for sports like NFL. And it's why we hear people like NHL really making a strong commitment to streaming and, and, and putting that uh, first. And I think you'll increasingly see that with professional sports. They'll increasingly say that, in fact, streaming now is their number one way of reaching their customers. And certainly by 2024, if they aren't saying it before then, then the writing is going to be clearly on the on the wall. OK, so that's first. The second thing I want to talk about is what I call software aggregation of internet TV services. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, there are two ways that internet serve internet TV services are integrated for you, aggregated for you at the television. The first way is the simplest. You go and you buy a device like a Samsung Smart TV or a Roku, and there are a whole bunch of apps on that device which you can use to watch TV. In that model, you have a direct relationship with the provider. You sign up using their app. You, uh, you, they get all the data, and you use the platform's integrated search, unified search, to find things to watch. Uh, but the second way is through these software aggregators. And these are folks like Amazon Channels, Insider Prime, the Roku Channel, and Apple TV, the app. And you can actually buy SVOD services and internet TV services inside of these applications. Now, why would you do that? Well, it simplifies your life. Single billing, unified search, unified experience. It's very easy for you to manage everything inside of those services. Uh, and they've actually been doing pretty well up until this point, uh, although although Amazon has never released any numbers about how many people have signed up. We know at least five million people had signed up for the HBO app uh, when HBO exited the deal. So that's a, that's a pretty good performance right there. Now, where's the problem? The problem is that inside those aggregation apps, you now cannot get five of the top six uh, internet TV services. You can you can get Amazon, of course, Amazon is inside of Amazon channels, but you can't get Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, HBO Max, and Peacock. Those are not available inside of the Amazon Prime app via channels. Uh, so that's a really big problem today because, of course, many people have more than one of those apps. And so there's really not as much value in using Amazon channels to to buy your services if two of your main services aren't included. That, that really erodes the value. Now, if you look out to 2024, when there are many more homes that don't have pay TV that currently do, and they will, many of those homes where I will have many of these apps, several of these apps, there will be even more erosion of the value of Amazon channels uh, with the customer base. So I think looking out beyond 2024, Amazon channels, the Roku channel, Apple TV, this software aggregation play has a lot of problems that it's going to have to solve uh, because there really aren't, isn't the motivation for people to sign up for services inside of them. Uh, they'll just go and buy a device and use that device's integrated search and live with the fact that they have to manage billing separately. Uh, 
so that's that's a real problem. And by 2024, I think we're really going to see the Amazon channels approach, the Roku channel aggregation approach really run into a lot of difficulties. My third uh, area that I think is really interesting is local TV. And I've written several articles about local local TV. And the interesting thing here is that it's still relatively hard to find your local TV channel on your connected TV. And for most people, you can't really find the full channel. Uh, and that's a problem, right? Because as more and more people step outside the pay TV universe, then less and less people will actually be able to watch their local television station. So very definitely, pressure is going to be building on local television to play more directly in the streaming world. And that could mean with with fast services or with some other services uh, that they partner with. Now, there are some aggregation plays like Viewit is doing extremely well. It just signed up a whole bunch of more local stations. Um, now, Viewit is really focused primarily on news. So it is taking news from those local st stations and aggregating them and making easy, easy to find news from, news from those local providers inside of, uh, inside of uh, that application. But it's not the whole channel and it doesn't include a lot of the other content that the providers, that the local TV channels are producing. So uh, they really do want their own branded presence in connected TV. And I think by 2024, by the time there are more homes in the US without cable and pay television than with it, I think we're going to see pressure on those local stations to come. Now, why haven't they come already? Well, I've got to tell you, their revenues are holding up pretty darn well. I was looking at data from Pew and several other places. And actually, their license revenue from pay TV operators has been increasing, not decreasing, which is pretty surprising, bearing in mind fewer people are signing up for pay television. And, and, and actually, most people, more people are leaving pay television um, now. Uh, Five million people left, left cable, satellite and telco last year. Uh, so they are getting more license revenue from those pay TV services because they're getting big, big price increases. So that's thing one. Thing two is that they're also doing extremely well with, re with advertising revenue. Advertising rates have been going up faster than their audience has been leaving. So they're actually earning more from advertising revenue than they, have, than, than they were before, even though their audience is declining. And make no mistake, it is in young people. Most young people now are not using their local TV, uh, local TV stations hardly at all. So by 2024, I really think that the revenue equation will start to break for the local TV providers. They'll start to see the revenue slow and decline as really most people leave the pay TV ecosystem and they really start to lose a lot of viewers. So in that time frame, I do think that local TV is going to be forced to reevaluate the way they address their audiences and the way they distribute their content. And hopefully we'll see them working with people like fast providers, uh, not just with, say, Paramount inside of a pay, pay property like Paramount Plus, that they stay invested in free TV. Okay, so those are the three areas that I think 
really going to be impacted a lot by this switch from uh, from us being primarily a pay TV country to primarily a non pay TV country, which is happening in just three years, 2024. Uh, and you can get lots more information about that at the Endscreen Media website. Uh, this has been Colin Dixon, and I'll see you again next time. <laughs>